The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> well, then this is The Homance Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. And I'm Nicole, and we have a funny motherfucker on with us today. He- Shit, yeah, we do. Shit, yes. <laughs> He's an author, comedian, and podcast host. Welcome, Jordan Power. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Thank well, you. Thanks for joining I love, us. I love how she's in like a home office, Nicole. I am in my home office. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a job interview right now. <laughs> I know. Like she's right? about to fire me or something. You have the fucking brick wall with the bullshit like shit behind it. I've got what? Rando pictures of that looks like something like you sacrifice children. I mean, that's really like occult imagery above your head. It's fine. We can go into that later. It's just one of those things you use to cope, you know? Uh, yeah, well, Outlook. I was I was basically sending work emails up until 30 seconds before I had to join this call. So you are seeing my home office and you are seeing the real shine from the whole day off of my forehead. It's beautiful. Thank you. I, I was told today that... Um, I looked very youthful and they were surprised about my age. And so I was like, if nothing else goes correct today, at least I got that. How yeah, how old are you guys? I'm 37. And I'll wow, be- your skin looks amazing. Do you have the zoom filter on? Be honest. She doesn't. Um, I no, I don't think so. That's I have my ring skin? light on. Wow. No, impeccable fucking skin. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I have had several syringes injected into my face and by several probably like 10 if we added them all up and my skin doesn't even look like that i'm 34 too <laughs> oh, i'll be 36 you. in june so i mean like she's way better than me plus i don't know whatever the fuck this light is i've got on. but you guys have never had anything done to your faces no oh we don't have kids out. that's right that's the key fucking kids age you like an avocado man it's disgusting it is my god is that the most accurate Ugh. way my sister just had a kid and like i hope she doesn't hear this but like man she went downhill (laughs) you know sometimes they need to hear it (laughs) yeah sure i told her i was like just go to dr solomon two seconds and you know you're happy i totally would that yeah like i I went to my dermatologist, I don't know, a couple of months ago, and I was like, these wrinkles? And she's like, what wrinkle? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, like, I want to prevent these wrinkles. And so she told me how much like the Botox would be because apparently I have very strong eyebrows. And then I decided that it wasn't worth it since I wasn't really seeing anybody during COVID, that this was the maximum amount of interaction that I was having. And so I was like, maybe I'll invest when I have opportunities for dick appointments again in the future. You could just get it done your pussy. That's true. I don't think that it needs it. To be honest with yourself, I'm sure it does. You're <laughs> that thing's been through some stuff. She's it got has been through some stuff. <laughs> but she's got magic vagina. It is ridiculous. We've had multiple men be like the vagina is another level of things. I've never. Now, wait, seen. what What makes it? Because I'm scared of vaginas as I am a sodomite. But what what makes it beautiful? Um, It's symmetrical and it's one color. <laughs> um. Also, I'm not exactly sure what the men are feeling, but <sighs> multiple men have said 
that it's like addictive. Mm. Oh, was that a play on words too? Not intentionally. Mm. I went down on the girl when I was 14 and it looked like a Reuben sandwich. It was like her vagina was inside out. And I said, whoa. And then I, then I became a gay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think you might right have after. been gay before that because I don't know. <laughs> it's a very hey. large possibility. <laughs> I'm like coming out of my mom's vagina when I'm bored. I'm like, get this pussy away from me. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Ew, so mom, gross. The gay. Like get off of me. <laughs> Break so- out hives. <laughs> oh god this poor poor gay boy <laughs> i know so you once hosted a podcast called shame on you and you shared a lot of these types of like stories right where you're um whore yes yep, yeah pretty much and Why Sarah and you- i have also shared our fair of stories on this show about being a whore as well but um we didn't then go ahead and turn it into a memoir so (laughs) amateurs i know i know it's been written completely yet we've got some time right right writing a book is a living hell yeah i wrote a book called famous anus which is really just a beautiful way for your family to just, wow, where do we go wrong? When you tell them you're writing a book called Famous Anus. And there's an anus on the front cover in a tuxedo doing the Angelina Jolie leg at the Oscars. Yes. Coming out on a red carpet. And uh, so anyways, yes, I wrote this book. I I was always a writer. I'd been a writer from the time I was 23 to 33. I actually used Shame on You to promote my book like I always wanted to write a book the idea was like I need to get a fan base and have a launching platform to then get a good book deal and so the the show took off I got an email from a bunch of different agents and stuff like that and uh, I released the book last year and it's just a chronicle of 10 years of my life the stories in it like my someone I know read it and thought it was fiction it's not (laughs) these are some of the stories in the book and I and I kid you not I I can tell you some of them these are the chapters um, I go to an orgy in Hollywood, 26 men in a condo fucking, uh, another chapter. I have sex with I my I feel boss. like that's actually a common occurrence. It's just people don't write it in a book. No. Uh, sure. But not in Hollywood probably. And there was also a screening process we had to go through where we had to send them a photo of ourselves holding the date of that day. And then the group would approve you based on like, if you were hot enough to come to the orgy. So I don't want to brag, but I got approved. Is it wrong to do an Epstein joke in here? Like, did you have to look like a young boy in order to get in? Or was that not? Well, no, there was there was a weird thing. It was run by an Asian man, but there was only whites rule. So it was a white supremacist orgy I went to. (laughs) But an Asian man in it? Pardon? Yeah, the Asian man is very self-loathing or he just wanted to be the only Asian man. And he we thought that was a little weird, but we were like, you know, what? sometimes in life you got to compromise your morals. And I wanted to see the orgies. So I went and it really was all white men. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let me tell you, you, there's nothing in life that can like prepare you for the sight of like 26 men in 600 square feet just fucking like turkeys, wild turkeys. Like it was so alarming what I witnessed at first. Like I was over sexualized. I couldn't take it. I was taking my shoes off and there was a guy blowing someone like three feet from me at the door. I'm like, excuse me, sir. And I was just taking them off. And then he took the dick out of his mouth and turned to us and said, hello. And I said, oh, manners, even in L.A. (laughs) 
<laughs> what a host, you know? What a host. I just mom raised him right. Okay, so what I was envisioning when you were talking about this, like we're already off course already, but what I was envisioning was some sort of mansion, not a 600 square foot apartment where it's just, yeah, it's just like everywhere. Or like celebrities. Like it was like, I was like, there'll be people here who have IMDB credits for sure. And I, oh, maybe I'll see, see uh, Neil Patrick Harris getting fist fucked. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was not. It was nobody's. <laughs> No, I am the condo. And there was like and the guys like pushed the furniture in the corners and there were like sheets on them, I guess, to like collect the cum or whatever. It was a lot. To witness. Yeah, that was prepared. That had been had. That's that was preparedness right there. I, I didn't <laughs> like it. And then like people finished on someone's face and they come over and like chat with you. And it's just awkward because you just saw them come on someone's face. You're like, hey. Yeah. So OK, so it's you're like it was an adjustment to get in there yes it was a lot to take in thank you for asking do you have a raging raging boner the entire time no i couldn't even get hard because it was too much it was just okay. like there was just too much going on the sounds there was this weird jazz music kind of going on like it was just it was a deeply traumatizing experience and the guys were attractive like it wasn't like they were weren't but then i remember my my friend said don't go in the front hallway it looks like someone being devoured by a pack of hyenas and i said we got to get out of here Oh, oh! <laughs> How did you find out about this? I was messaged on Grinder with like a like a canned message, like "Hi, blah blah blah," and then the instructions. And I love adventure in life, so I was like, "This will be funny in a book." So then I I like wrote back to my friend. And then I didn't really tell him for a while, and I was like, "Oh, by the way, we're going to an orgy tonight." He's like, "Oh my god!" So we were googling like orgy etiquette, like because we were like we'd never been to an orgy. I swear to God, we were literally googling like. What do you do if someone comes up to you and you don't want to have sex with them? Like, do you like say no or do you like push them away or, you know, just like, I don't know. There's so like, whose dick do you sniff first? Like, it was like this whole process of like, we got to get through this. And so, uh, but anyways, yeah, that that's the long version of how I found out. Okay. I'm, all right. What's next? I have the Hollywood or do 26 men? I'm writing these all down. By the book. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like. No, the reviews are literally ability. all five stars. No, it's for really my ability for right now a conversation to have because I'll forget everything. Oh, are you stoned right now? I'm always stoned. <laughs> God, I love you. How do people survive without weed? I don't understand. Okay, yes. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Next question. <laughs> um. Okay. So what was next? You had the you had the Hollywood orgy. I had surgery on my butthole. Why? For fun. I. I got like a little beside like a like a pussy beside it. No, imagine that. I did it for JK Rowling. No. I um <laughs> This is real activism when it's like if you want to take on JK Rowling, it's like you need to have real activism. Like, you know like, what? You well, guys are fake. I just got a pussy. I'm like, your forethought, the fact that you could see in the future <laughs> <laughs> that JK Rowling was gonna be transphobic and I'd have to get a pussy. Uh, yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> Your family should be proud of that. I saw very- that one coming. Yeah. No, well, I had a, okay. So I had an anal fissure, which is like, a, mm-hmm. so imagine like you have a cut on your, have you guys ever had one? Is it like a paper cut? It's like having a paper cut on your asshole. And most of the time, like it bleeds, but most of the time they heal. But sometimes it's really, really rare. Um, they become chronic and they don't like heal on their own. So you have this like cut and it constantly bleeds for months and months. I'm sure haphazardly sticking dicks in the region does not help. But, you know, it does happen to everyone. 
And so um, I had to go to the doctor and he told me like, we are going to need to do a surgery on your asshole. Now the surgery that I, that, that I, and I detailed it in my book cause I was actually admitted in the hospital. The way they loosen your butthole to allow it to heal is they slice muscle fibers. So imagine you're on your back and the surgery is they go in and they like cut your asshole to like release the tension. And then that, then you have to heal from that. And are you first... 100% out for this? Oh, you're out. Yeah, yeah, you're okay. out. Okay, good. I was like, is this like a colonoscopy where you're awake and they're like, hey, it's cool. No, you're out. And then you wake up and you're just like, I can't believe this happened. And the first time you shit, it is the most like excruciating experience of your life. I had to bite a piece, a pencil because it was so painful. And then this no. is the worst part. It got infected and I was really high on edibles and morphine. And I thought it'd be appropriate because I didn't know if it was infected or not. So I took a picture of it. And let me tell you, taking a picture of your asshole, like for a doctor is like, it's an art. Like I had to crawl up on the couch. You got that 1 PM sunshine. And like, I had to reverse my phone. <laughs> and I swear to God, I was trying both. I was trying while to... you're holding your ass cheeks apart somehow. And because I'm vain, I actually stopped in the middle of it. And I was like, I better shave my asshole because I don't know who's going to see this death grip of vanity. So I go back to the washroom and I'm like shaving my asshole high on morphine edibles. I go back in. I finally get the picture. I'm going like a million tries. I'm prying it apart. And then because I'm so high and I don't think of others, I send it to my doctor. I don't mean my surgeon. I send it to my mom. So I sent my asshole to my mom, who's a family <laughs> doctor. And I just wrote, hey, this isn't a calamari ring. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Is it infected? <laughs> so my mom gets a text in the middle of the day of my asshole photo right up close. 34 she year old. She was doctor. aware of your surgery, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like, okay. who does that? Who sends Wait, like who's, you I'm 34. I know it's see it's amazing. <laughs> how old were you? Oh, I was like not I was like probably like 29. <laughs> <laughs> like I wasn't a child. But I I was just like I don't know my doctor's number and I don't know if I should go to the ER and the only doctor I knew was my mom. So I figured oh, I'll just send the photo, but I didn't think like how inappropriate that was. I just saw it send it to her like it was a rash on my arm. I mean, it's deductive reasoning, and if she's a doctor, it makes sense to me, too. I don't know. Yeah, and then she said to me, go to the hospital immediately, because what had happened is the butthole, as if I hadn't been through enough, got infected, so I had to go back to the hospital, and they had to drain it. Oh, and the best part was they made me do a, another picture for the doctor, so I had to bend over the table, and three medical students were behind me doing, like, a photo shoot of my butthole, and they were like, and I was going forward and they were like, okay. And in the middle of them do, taking the photos of my butthole, I farted. <laughs> <laughs> so I did like, like so much that I was just like, I pulled my cheeks apart and I farted. And then they all started laughing. And I was like, could, could I be any lower at this point? <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that a fart would just like escape. Like I'm the type of person who gets like a shy bladder when there's people around. Like I can't even pee if like it was people... spreading. They kept asking me to spread it more and more. So I'm like opening it up for them to get the good shot. And then they show me the photo and they go, we just need your consent. And I asked them if they could filter it because <laughs> your butthole under those fluorescent lights after it's been cut open. Can you imagine what it looks like? Just angry. Yeah. It's... And I'm sure at that point you had razor bumps. Yeah. And I was like, I sold it a show in New York City. Like, how did this happen? Like, it was really like a low. Like, I was like, I'm supposed to go up. In theory, that's what helps you get there, isn't it? 
Well, did for yeah. Did they ever? Did they give you the root cause so that you wouldn't have to go through it again? Uh, they said stop shoving dicks in there. I said no. You'll probably be back soon. Okay. No, Those... it, it's not just from that, but I'm sure that doesn't help. But like I've had most most of the time it heals, but it's just these rare cases. And apparently, like after you have it done once, it, it'll never happen again. But then I got thinking, I'm like, do I have a loose butthole now? I was also wondering because you said that they had relaxed it so much. Apparently then, it goes back after. Right. But then you said it was really painful to poop. So then I was like, oh, no, it is just like a vagina. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that. Yours is loose. <laughs> I mean, I, I swear do. It goes back. No, it doesn't. I both and I can, do, I can attest they're kind of the same. Let's be real. <laughs> Imagine you had a really tight vagina, but your butthole is like super loose and every guy's like, what the hell? Isn't there, aren't there like porn stars out there that are anal only? They've never been penetrated vaginally. And then like, that's their, you know. What? Yes. Like Christian porn stars? I don't fucking know. Maybe. Wow. I know. I got to Google this now. I had a girl on my show and she gets, she makes $9.99 a month on OnlyFans burping. All right. She makes I'm thousands fucking, of dollars a month. I'm fucking up somewhere. I need to have an OnlyFans where I'm just a gross bitch because I'm a fucking good at that. I'm really just queef, good at that. Just queef every day on OnlyFans. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I don't even have to show the vage to anybody and I can just and show you. All your thing. bodily functions. That should be your OnlyFans. You shitting, toilet cam. I'm telling you, man, you can make a lot of money. It's fucked up, but I'm kind of into it. There's a girl that does <laughs> farts on Only. She farts on OnlyFans and apparently she's making uh, more than $10,000 a month farting. See, we're fucking up. We are fucking up royally. I mean, sure. I don't know how comfortable I would be with. Um... Nicole, get comfortable. This is the new economy. <laughs> Post COVID. You better get you better start queefing on command if you want a career. Boomer mentality. Let's get with it, bitch. We got shit to do. Vaginas this is late, to late stage of. capitalism. You better start filming your shits. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I don't know. I can like really hold on to some embarrassing moments and somehow, you know, my anxiety will bring them up 10 years later or something. Like, I can't imagine what I'd be like with an OnlyFans. I'd have to be completely like drugged the whole time to even. My friend makes $300,000 a year on OnlyFans. This is insane. This is insane. Yeah, she's, she's very hot, but like she works like. Truly, like three days a week, and she makes more than some doctors. I mean, she makes more than me. Fuck. <laughs> and well, I work three hundred grand is like a lot, but I mean, money. But that's Canadian money, so it's like you know, fifty thousand American. <laughs> we have like pesos over here. It's disgusting. <laughs> well, that's a cool thirteen dollars an hour, guys. <laughs> yeah, Queefin, I told you what to do. Don't complain. Just get I... the program. I don't, you know, queefing on command seems like it could be a little bit of a struggle. I tend to only like queef if, like, you know, there's too much air. Like, there was a girl in my high school, she could queef on command and she was disgusting and everyone was like terrified of her. So you're right. I don't think it's that womanly to do. <laughs> <laughs> All the guys were like, nope, not dating that. Like, it's fun in English class, but then every guy's like, gross. Right. Yeah. Like, I want a husband one day, so I might I want not husband. take on queefing on command. <laughs> I know the guy who liked queefing, so that was a thing. I'm telling you, like, don't talk about your sex life on a podcast if you want a husband, because I can tell you with my old show, like, 
it ruined my personal life so bad. Now, let me be clear. I was interviewing men I had sex with and recapping all my dates every week. Of course, people were scared of me. I was like, yeah. I would go on dates and they'd be like, you're going to talk about this. I'd be like, never. And then literally be the next recording. I'd be like, so I licked his balls. Like it was <laughs> wild. Like, what was I thinking? See, like, that's the best part. I definitely have those stories, but you'll never hear them on this podcast ever. Well, um, when I go out with guys and they figure out that I have a podcast or if I feel as though I should like let them know that I do and that it's about sex and relationships and blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, are you going to talk about me? And like, it's no, there's very simple rules. How about you just don't be a dick? <laughs> How about you just be a decent dude? And then there'd be nothing to say. But unfortunately, until it starts going sour and then you got more content. That's what I used to do. I'd right. be like, I would never just treat me well. And then the second it went bad, I would get on that mic. I'd be like, God, he's obsessed with his mom. I think he wants to fuck her. Right. Like, I was <laughs> like, I was like brutal. <laughs> Like, one time I said to him, he's like, my mom's my best friend. I'm like, you're 36. Like, that's like what? And I just turned to him. I go, then why don't you fuck her? Because, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, those guys. Come on. There's a point where it's just so yeah. weird. It's like, my mom's my best friend. And it's like, you're a grown there, man. There's a show on TLC I watch. <laughs> What's it called? I fuck my mom? No, it's but it's ultimately it's. All these dudes are so fucking wrapped up with their mothers that the women are just like, they can't do it. Let me just see really quick. Did you ever have anybody reach out to you and say that they want, that they felt as though people knew who you were talking about, so they wanted you to delete the episode? Yeah, and I tell them to, to fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> happened so many times. I, I I try not on this. Like I listen, if it was like my close friend or like one of my family members, like I, it's not worth it to me. But I think when you sign up in this business, like. You just sort of like uh, people understand that like you are going to talk about your life and your life will be the content. Like with my new show, Unmentionable, like I don't really talk about my sex life and my personal life. I just I just talk about like old stories or like the news or whatever, because to me, it's like I actually want a relationship. And it is such a deterrent to do those things, unfortunately. And people yeah. do not trust you. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because they're just waiting for like the one little error that they make and then for it to be broadcast, it, you know, endless well, amount of people. There's five guys in my book that I dated and like the, I think three of them have read the book and it's not like a great depiction of the relationship. So, I mean, it's like, and but it's then your you life. you're yeah. like, um, it's, it's entertainment. Your, your, <laughs> yeah, you're at this point. Fuck it. Who cares? It's already out there. I mean, I don't have a problem. I, I think it's funny. Like, I yeah. like whenever people are like mad at me about my show or my book or anything, I just completely ignore it because it's like I don't I really do not care. Like, it's like if someone talks stuff like shit about me, I'm in this business. I deserve it. But like for the most part, it's like, you know what? Like if it's if it's close friends, it's worth it to me. But like I'm I'm not going to not talk about my life and I'm not going to not share with my audience. That's kind of how I got where I am. I've been only been in this business for two years. Um, and I just kind of grew like notoriety wise very fast. I don't want to brag, but it's true. Well, I think that when you're not authentic or you're not sharing everything, people pick up on it. And so as soon as you're omitting details or you've uh, started to talk about something and then deflect or something, it becomes very obvious. And then at that point, people are like, meh. 
You think no, you're fraud? Like, yeah. I mean, so yeah. I know what I signed up for, but I think at the same time, I'm not going to like completely ruin my love life for, to be a, a show. Like, I don't, I don't always have to be, my life doesn't always have to be a show. Well, right. He's growing, he's growing so much in such a short period of time. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not go crazy. <laughs> Anyone who's listening to my show knows I have not grown that much. It's very <laughs> immature. I talked about the other day about like how, um, this is a crazy thought. This is what I thought I had when I was really stoned. That like, do you guys know Catherine Zeta Jones? Mm-hmm. So you know she's married to Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. So Michael Douglas got throat cancer, and they traced it back, and they realized that I don't know if they even know they could do this, but they traced it back, and they realized that the reason he got throat cancer was he got HPV from Catherine Zeta Jones. Like she passed it to him, whatever. When his throat, that's what causes throat cancer, and like he almost died. But I think it's so funny. This is like evidence that there's probably not a God that like you can just be eating your wife's pussy, like just loving her like a beautiful moment. You know, you know him right after the box office. He gets real deep in there. It's just (laughs) and then it's like he goes to bed and then like a year later he's on chemo. So then I was thinking about like all the guys who ate out a girl like all over the world. She didn't know she was giving him HPV. He didn't know he was getting HPV from there. And then like. You know, like five years later, he's like 90 pounds and dying. This is such an extreme case. But it's real. But well, the thing is, like, you don't know how many how many times I guess something like this has happened because most people don't have the type of money to figure out the root cause. Right. Oh, they Michael Douglas money. Right. He's like, but how did I get this? (laughs) Sir, results came back. It was your wife's pussy. Oh, okay. (laughs) shit babe. sitting right there like oops sorry babe <laughs> all right so the show is on uh on tlc is called mama's boy legitimately mama's boy i need you TLC. to watch why it. do you watch this i would just frustrate me oh i mean God. i have no choice i watch 90 day fiance this is just another fucking version of drama that i cannot understand and have no choice but to watch yeah, I mean, you don't have to watch it. You could no, watch I have documentary. I, nope. I don't I'm weird. I don't watch TV. I only like read books and watch documentaries because it is an abomination. Like, I mean, the mass singer like that show is for people. And I, do. I don't know if you guys enjoy it, but like that's for people who have been in car accidents and their brains are like gone. And you <laughs> play that for them. Those are the only people that would watch that show like D-list celebrities jumping out. Like I saw there was one clip that someone sent me. Sarah Palin jumps out of like a furry costume and she starts rapping. And I said, wow, it's really is the end. Like how many more signs do we need? Thank you. That's fucked up. Ugh, gross. Like China, come now. Right now. We're ready. (laughs) (laughs) Please. (laughs) Ni hao. So... Before we, I guess, we pivot too far away from your other story. The list. Well, you said that you sent the picture of your bullhole to your mom and that she is a family doctor. And so, I mean, to me, like, it doesn't seem that far-fetched to be, like, asking her for her advice. But also, though, you mentioned, like, in the book that I'm sure your mom probably had to go through some other major things considering that your dad dropped a big bomb on, on you guys. Well, he didn't intentionally drop the bomb on us. I okay. found my dad on a website called squirt.org because he left the computer open. Now, it's a beautiful name, obviously, but basically squirt.org <laughs> is a website for gay men to publicly hook up with other men. 
And so I found him on that website and then I proceeded to not talk to him because we didn't really have a relationship at the time is I just went to my mom. Right. And I was like, hey, uh, dad's gay. And she was like, what? And I told her the whole story. And then uh, we confronted my dad about it. And his response was to uh, just abandon our family and start a new one. So not exactly the like beautiful ending to the story, you know, where they come out and they're on People magazine. No, it was basically like my dad just took off. And the funniest part of this whole thing is that why I am a comedian is that growing up, my dad's job was that he was a gay. Well, we know he's gay, but he is died. He's, he's dead. A gay penis doctor. So he was a urologist, which is like the doctor that deals with penis. And so when I, I stand up family <laughs> i say when i do open my stand-up i say my dad was a gay penis doctor and then people kind of laugh and then i say because you got to do what you love and that is awesome <laughs> this <laughs> of my life it's like how can i not be funny when that happened right so that's why i'm like you know your mom receiving a picture of your butthole to her she's probably like man yes. she's like dick. what else you got right at this point come at me like <laughs> what else do you have <laughs> So wait, did your dad dick pic and get it over with? Did your dad start a new family with a, another woman or did he decide? Yes, to- he did start a new family with another woman. And I'm cur- currently uh, he is dead. I'm currently fighting for his, his estate because uh, I'm probably not supposed to talk about this, but this will be exclusive content. While my dad was on his dying deathbed, this psycho bitch that he was with uh, went to the bank and drained four hundred and thirty thousand dollars out of his accounts. And then Jesus. Claimed, claimed that it was a gift that a man in a coma gifted her $430,000 with no proof. Now, yeah, I'm not sure on the good how- side is we're going to get that money back. Good. But I have spent $30,000 already on lawyers because her she's an insane woman. And I truly, I hope she hears this because I'm not scared of her because I hire Jews as lawyers and we always win. <laughs> Mr. Cohen doesn't lose. Right. <laughs> always hire the Jews. Always. One time I got a Dutch guy. Idiot. Brain dead. <laughs> always hurt. Jews. And so that's the story is like he's with her. And the funniest part of this whole thing, which our lawyer noted to her, was like, bitch, he was gay. <laughs> also that. Well, so that's what I'm like. So did he I mean, did he ever come out and classify himself as bisexual or? Oh, I don't really. Listen, I mean, I think that uh, he I think he was gay. He could have been bisexual, but I think the whole point was just like my sister is a lesbian. I'm gay. Uh, it just sends you this message when you're growing up and you already like hate yourself and you're confused about who you are. And then your dad basically hides it. So it's like you feel this intense shame to be like, well, his whole life, he told the world that like he wasn't proud of who he was. So some people would internalize that, but I just kind of became the antithesis of that and did like, became like a gay advocate being like, fuck it. I'm going to talk about my sex life and I'm going to advocate for gay men. I'm going to write books for them because I didn't want to ever be like him. Like I wanted to be nothing like him. And so it is like a sad story that he died a closeted gay man. Um, but also great content for my podcast and book. Cause, cause I'm not above talking about a dead man. No. It's, it's your lens you're allowed to do whatever the fuck you show want goes with. on <laughs> <laughs> hey guys my dad is gay and I'm sad we can talk about him again I mean it's like I go on podcasts I tell, I tell that story and people are just think I made it up but I swear to god it's all true no I believe it 100% believe it well so how old were you though when you caught um the squirt got squirt got what was it squirt.org <laughs> squirt.org everybody listening please load it <laughs> 
uh, I was 23. So that story is actually not even in my first book because uh, my book, my mem- memoir, Famous Anus, literally is 23 years or 10 years of my life starts at 23, goes to 33. Um, and now I'm working on an- my second book and the story about my dad will be in the second book. But um, yeah, I was 23 at the time. And uh, I actually was dating a guy in the closet at the time. So it was like I didn't even have time to like come out to my mom yet. It's like we had this secret relationship at the same time as I was finding out about my dad. So it was just kind of this like bomb and then like i kind of just threw in my my sexuality in there because she's already in shock and i was just like oh by the way i'm gay too oh, sorry about that. <laughs> like i was just like i saw an opening and i'm like she's already in shock i might as well just give this to her and that's when i came out it was honestly a month after that is when i came out well was she surprised though i mean most parents or at least from my i guess limited knowledge that i have is that there's a lot of parents who are not surprised uh, I mean, what was she- Dad, too, is my question. Because if she was surprised about your dad, um, no, like she started going. She was surprised by my dad initially, and then she like had this like epiphany where she had this laundry list of moments that were awkward, and she kind of in you know hindsight's twenty twenty, so she's like going back through all these moments, being like, and 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 again oversharing. Like she was literally like, oh, like that's why he. What did she say? Oh, she's like, let me tell you this story. Oh, she's gonna kill me if she hears this. She's like, let me t- like her. Va- She's like, let me tell you this t- story about the time my Vaseline went missing. And I was like, OK, no, that's <laughs> too much. Aggressively too much, mom. Like she's just hey. giving me stories because she's in shock. And she's like, one time he hit on the waiter and blah, blah. I saw him looking at his ass and she's telling me all the stories. And I'm like, didn't you like kind of realize at some point? <laughs> also, like he had a job where he like held 40 cocks a day, like red flag. But see, my uncle is not gay. He's the opposite of gay. And it's really hilarious because he was really like the top urologist in his field at the time. Yeah. And I I mean, it's obviously a bit. I don't think my dad actually went to that thing to see dicks. But who knows? I mean, some people probably do. I do. If your dad was going to be, he had any kind of like medical profession to choose and he chose to look at dicks all day. Yeah, but it's also like buttholes and balls and. I, listen, yeah, my summer job was that stuff. piss and like kidneys yeah. and you know i mean he did blow the patient so if that's what you're implying yes and he probably like prostate checks were lingering <laughs> <laughs> like oh sorry so i just gave him my pants i'll bring it back <laughs> i mean this is like a this is like a hack bit but like yeah my dad also had this secretary that uh worked at his office her name was uh Kathy and she was a whore I mean she would come to work and like just like like nothing like her clothes were nothing and then uh, (laughs) yeah and she got caught having phone sex with some of the male patients so my dad had to let her go and then she sued for improper dismissal so (laughs) so wait a second how does one initiate phone sex like because she was like the receptionist and so they would call in and then she would just she started of- a relationship with one of the patients like he came in was hitting on her and oh. then she started having phone sex with him and then he, one day he bought her a ring and she rejected him and said like no i'm not marrying you so he got angry so he went to my dad and said like your secretary rejected me like you like i'm in love with her like blah 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 and like we, we have phone sex i live an hour away and then my dad started going through like the uh, long distance things for the office and just seeing like long calls after work hours. Like she would stay behind and like just have phone sex with the patients. I think there was like multiple of them. 
And I like how that he could go through the phone records because there was record at the time for using long distance versus not long distance. Oh, and it's probably so expensive too. Like that stuff used to be really expensive. That's what I'm saying. That's why she was staying at the office. This bitch was not only a whore, she was a frugal whore. I mean, and he's busy on squirt.org. He doesn't even notice the bills three <laughs> times the size. He's off there, you know, hooking up. My mom's making meatloaf. She's like, where's your father? <laughs> So did your sister also take advantage of the time that your mom was in shock to say that she was gay as well? No, she waited like probably three. I was, she, she waited about three years uh, to then come out. I actually was shocked by my sister, too. But like she kind of like after she came out, she really went lesbian. Like, I think she was holding back who she truly was because like she was more feminine. And then the second she came out, it was like, you know. Levi 504s and like things start getting baggy and it was funny because like I came out of my clothes started getting like you Tighter. know more feminine like you know, skinny like, I'm like we should have just switched clothes <laughs> <laughs> she would like come in wearing something my sister would be like are those MC Hammer pants like it was like <laughs> but I mean she's happier now and like she likes she wears what she wants but it's just funny to me how like she really just she, I mean she is now who she she is which That's is wonderful. yeah so i mean and then also like a lot of our family is like my stepbrother is actually gay too okay i was gonna ask is anybody in your family like mm, that's weird i don't know nope i don't agree uh no because there's just so much gayness that you just we wouldn't fit in at christmas like we like okay. my stepsister is gay my stepbrother's gay my actual sister's gay and uh, i'm gay so i mean our christmas is like pretty gay especially when everyone brings their partners Pretty gay Christmas. <laughs> yeah, because think about it. If everyone brings partners in, you have like, like I think one year we did we did the math and it was like 40% of the Christmas dinner was gay. <laughs> like, it was just funny. Yeah, so if you're not into it or you're against it, you're out because you're just not getting a seat at the there's, table. There's just no room for it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, who's like, the only people that are really against gay people are either like highly, highly religious or gay themselves. That's like it. That's really? really down to, isn't it? I think so. I mean, remember that Kim Davis woman that you guys, she like wouldn't, she was like that woman that wouldn't give a marriage license because she said it was against her religion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she needed one word for her bangs. Remember uh, her? She, <laughs> I do remember her now. I'm trying to think like, what state was that in? I don't know, but it was around the same time as the people who wouldn't make the cake for the gay wedding. Yeah. What a country you guys live in. It's just, I gotta tell you, <laughs> I mean, watching it from my vantage point, it is the, I talk about US politics like 40% of the time on my podcast. It is the craziest thing. I mean, you go in from Trump to someone who is clearly mentally declining. And I'm like, <laughs> well, they were everyone's pretending. But like everyone's pretending like he didn't like the, the Biden gaffes are like and I'm pretty left wing, but like the Biden gaffes are so funny to me, like where he thought his sister was his wife, uh, that he said he was in the Senate for 120 years when he forgot the name of the Pentagon. I mean, I'm like and then the left and the media is just pretending this isn't happening. And I'm just sitting back with the popcorn like you got to be kidding me. This country well, is hilarious. Like, I have to imagine that because they couldn't control Trump and his tweeting that all of the wild was exposed. Whereas before they were able to like suppress it a little bit. Like, let's not put the president in this light. 
but he let it, he let the cat out of the bag and now there's really no stuff in that bitch back in. So I have to assume that we're just going to see all the fucks or all the shit about all the people from this point forward, good or bad. And I'm here for it. I mean, it's a great show. I'll be honest. It's very entertaining and I'm happy that I'm on this side of the border. You're welcome. (laughs) You are welcome, sir. You are welcome. All right. Let's get back to your wild ass stories because you have a ton. So you had a closeted relationship. Yes. So that's the last chapter of my book is I had a relationship with a guy. Well, I had many closeted relationships. Actually, the last two chapters of my book are with closeted men. So but my book starts really, really funny and it's like laughing along. And then I kind of grow as a person because you need that arc (laughs) for a book. Right. You can't just be like, I'm a whore. And then the end. So like my editor told me that, too, because like I wrote the whole book and it was just like, I'm a whore. I'm a druggie, like just debauchery. And then my editor's like, "Okay, there needs to be like a point to this. It can't just be like you're and I was like, oh, yeah, I need to like grow as a person. So then we rewrote the whole book. But the last chapter of my book is very serious editor being like, this is just your diary. I mean, she's real left wing. She's a little too left wing for me, you know, like 98 genders. I can't take it. I mean, it's like California left wing where you're just not ready for she's it. She's like yet. her friend. She was like, t- I made a joke in my book, like her friend, because her friend's pronouns were Zer. And I just said, that's <laughs> enough. I've had enough. I really what? have had enough. Zer? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And then the other day I saw one of the guys from Love, Simon. He he looked this up. He would like to be identified as a, he identifies as a tree, a tree. I mean, a at tree. this point, oh. But when do we say enough? But anyways, the point of the book is, yes, I have a relationship in the last chapter with a guy who's closeted and I completely and utterly fall in love with him. And it is the most whirlwind, fucked up romance, gaslighting, physically abusive, mentally abusive. Uh, And I realize that when you date someone who's closeted, that it doesn't matter how much you love them, their hate for themselves will always win out. And I always thought, like, I'll change him. He'll come out for me. He'll be the one. And, like, we'll have this great life together. And I projected onto him. We all do this. I projected onto him something that he wasn't. It was just what I thought he could become. Right? Yeah, that's what every female does. Hello. Yeah, I mean, it's like all my relationships. But this one. (laughs) But then I, so I dated him. And then it's just kind of like that. I won't spoil it. But it's the last chapter of my book. And that's, like, kind of current day. Um, Mm -hmm. And I. And so, yeah, I had that. And then there's another the second last chapter of my book is also a closeted man. But that's kind of a different story. That was more just like when you date an alcoholic, you will get chlamydia twice in five days. Absolutely. Well, that's I mean, it's, it's pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. Well, OK, I want to talk about the ones that you had before you found out your dad was gay. Those are the relationships I'm interested in. Well, I did. I ha- I didn't really have. I ha- I dated a guy from 19 till 23. About like that was a real love of my life. That's kind of how the book started. Uh, and then once we broke up, there was kind of like this nine year period where you know you sow your oats, and that's really what my book is. Is like us breaking up, and I'm like I'm gonna go find love again, but I have none of the tools. So I'm just this broken daddy issues. Kind of like drug addict, like just <laughs> just rolling through life, like messing with the, the wind. <laughs> yeah, and it's very listen. Uh, like I'm not like that now, but like it's very very entertaining. It's a sideshow. Like I mean, I just had no regard for anyone else. I had no regard for myself. I just thought everything was a bit, and I was a comedian. And I, my friends, and I would just do so much drugs and alcohol, and like the stories that in the, it was just crazy stories. I mean, like I slept with my boss, and it's in my book. This is how much comedian comedians minds are messed up is like because I just thought it'd be a funny story at brunch for my friends. Like I wasn't even that really attracted to him, but it was just one of those things where I was like, this would be a cool thing to conquer. And like, I'll make my friends laugh and it'll be a great story someday. 
And so that's one of the stories in the book is like I literally just got drunk with my boss and full on just had sex with him. And then I asked him if it would come up in my performance review. What type of job? <laughs> I worked in radio. I was a uh, producer in radio. <laughs> oh, well, then that makes total. I was thinking you were at like, you know, AutoZone. AutoZone? <laughs> Like my placement is no. much different. <laughs> I mean, it was like, you know, entertainment business is a little, you can get a little wild, but for the most part, it was just like one of those things where I was just like, is this seriously going, is this seriously happening? Like, is this, and then after it happened, I remember we were like in bed and like, he was just like, my best friend, her name's Beth. And like, he was like, Hey, like, I'd really appreciate if you didn't like kind of share this, you know, around the office or like the entertainment business, like it's a small business. And I was just like, of course, never. And literally was he out? As- was, was he did people know he was gay? No, but okay. as I didn't even know he was gay because he just was he dressed so horribly <laughs> that I was like, this can't be it had to have been intentional at that point. It's kind of right? like he had like a Bon Iver look to him. So, it was like, you know, like just, you know, the nuts are not going to be cleaned up. We've been there, <laughs> you know, the granola nuts. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, yeah. and this is the guy that you're like, I'm going to conquer. It was just like, I was like, I mean, he was cute, but it was just like, this would be such a funny, ridiculous thing to like say that I did this one day. And then I remember, so as he's getting changed, he's like, make sure you don't tell anyone. I was like, of course. And I'm literally in my bed texting my friend who is my colleague, just being like, you won't believe who I just had sex with. (laughs) Like, I didn't even wait like 20 seconds. (laughs) So did, were there any repercussions? No, I just didn't really talk about it. I only told I like I didn't want to out the guy. So I only told her uh, and then like my best friends. But like, you know, they weren't in the business. And then he came out like a, a couple of years later or something. And I kind of just saw him at the bar. But I don't know if he's read my book. I don't know. Like, I don't know who's because like I changed my number after my book came out strategically. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just didn't want the onslaught of people being like telling me how they feel about me. I'm like, I really don't care. Like, I was kind of the point. So I changed my numbers. Like, people can't really contact me. And so sometimes I get DMs and they say, like, two new messages, you know, but I don't want to read them because then it says, like, tells the person you read it. So there are some people that when the book came out, they DM'd me and I knew, oh, they're probably not happy. But I just didn't open them. I mean, that's impressive because I'm so fucking nosy. We've talked about this many times. I'm so nosy. I don't care if you like me or not. I want to know what you think. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the complete opposite. I would do the same. I'd be like, me. Like I just am like, well, what does it matter what someone thinks? What's someone going to come to the bar and like punch me in the face or something? Whatever. Yeah. Or are they looking for like an apology? Like I don't. And if you don't feel like you owe them one, then. Oh no, that's a, a naturally curious person, and so it, it could be about somebody. Else. I like I follow drama for no reason other than I just love to fucking follow it. Yeah. And so, like for me, that's when that's I was like. <laughs> I know no reason I'm like dear dear God I know that's like so much energy that is wasted especially on watching mama's boys no I yeah, don't well, and it's, and it's like, well I think you're going oh god I'm just like oh my god well most people I think are brain dead so I, I just don't find their lives interesting enough to even care about them like you know most people are watching things like the mass singer so it's like okay well I know they're dumb I don't need to like investigate <laughs> thing is like i want to know why they're dumb i'm curious like what's the root cause of your dumb what happened to you and that's my problem <laughs> their mom drank or something i mean that could be a thing i mean who knows i don't know we, none no. of us oh my God. <laughs> so it's not uncommon in 
in the entertainment business, even if you categorize radio or being a radio producer as the entertainment business, it's not uncommon for people to hang out together a lot, get drunk together a lot for there to be like hookups and stuff. So it's like, yes, you slept with your boss, but in that industry, is it that like surprising? Probably not. I mean, yeah, it's a dirty like I remember my boss, uh, he like it's just a, it's a different industry. Anyone who's ever worked in it, you just understand that it's like the vibes different. Like yeah. it just we used to do the, you know, before me too and everything buzzkill is like we used to do the most ridiculous <laughs> thing. Listen, I don't think you should get offended for other people. But like the problem with the me too movement is like so like my friends who are straight, they call me like a faggot or they'll make jokes that I'm like dying of AIDS. I personally am not offended at all because I know them and I know the audience and like, I know they're not homophobic dudes and where it's coming from is like, you know, my friend's Latino. I make jokes about him all the time too. Yeah. And so it's just like, well, that's, I mean, that's what you do with actual yeah. friends. You're allowed to make fun of your differences or what you would be considered as a stereotype for like that is completely expected. The problem with the me too is like people get offended. They say like, I don't want to work in this environment because it's like, I don't want to hear this language and like whatever. But at the time, the entertainment business like that I worked in, it's just like it was very different. Like we used to have porn stars on the show that I produced right. and like my boss too. got like yeah. drunk at the Christmas party. And after three months of marriage and made it with two girls in the sales department and then walks up to us and says, I got some advice to you. Don't you ever fucking get married? Three months. Yeah. And I honestly didn't even bat an eye. I was like, of course. Yeah, I know. I when I was in radio, it was probably about the same time because it was um oh, I don't know, 15 years ago. Like it was in my early 20s as well. And so, yeah, we had porn stars, WWE wrestlers. We had a bachelor party in the studio with strippers. Like it was, it's just. This sounds like my show now. I have strippers and porn stars on my show, like un <laughs> unmentionable. <laughs> yeah. Are you my producer? What's going on? She really could. At one point, I could tell you the going rate for midget tossing. I mean, it was. <laughs> Those were the good days before the wolf right? crowd came in and ruined everything. <laughs> for the uh, forever offended. I can't stand people who get offended for other people. Like, I don't. Nobody asked you. I'm I work very hard on my show to tell to let those people know I don't that they're not welcome and like I don't <laughs> want uber woke left people on my sh like people who are a little offended by everything who like think Aunt Jemima is racist and that's the reason for all the problems in the country <laughs> like it's just it's just crazy to me at this point. So, I, but anyways, the point of the the original question was I don't even know, but I did have sex with my boss. And here's what else I will say: one of the weirdest things in the whole experience was two things. He moaned in a very high pitch for a man and oh. it was a little startling. So like we're like making out. He's, he's like a masculine dude. And as I'm making out with him, he's kind of doing this like. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and it turned me off so much. But also the craziest part was he wore fruit of the loom underwear. And I was like, wow, wow. Fruit of the loom <laughs> underwear, like like Walmart, like like it had the fruit on like it. I couldn't believe it. Like it comes from a bag. Sure. And then I was like, are you sure you're gay? <laughs> I think that you were his like catch of the century. I don't, I mean, you're oh, a beautiful. Nicole, are you noticing my biceps? Thanks. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that he just was like not prepared, didn't know what to do. He probably still talks about it, just doesn't oh, say that it works. Let me for just him. get my triceps too. Yes. <laughs> 
listen, I have an underground personal trainer and I, I hope the government isn't listening, but um, we're in lockdown still because we have the longest lockdown in uh, North America. Or actually, I heard it's the globe now, Canada. We've, like Toronto's been locked down for like over 300 days now. It's crazy. But I don't like communism. So I have a secret personal trainer that I go to four days a week. So everyone else is gaining weight. And I'm like getting shredded, man. I'm going to be the only one on the beach. I'm going to have so many good pickings. Well, I mean, you're going to look like you in a sea of Wally people. You know, remember that movie Wally with all the Exactly. Humans? I'm going to just stroll by them and be like, should have got a trainer. That's <laughs> how I walk like a power walker. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, I mean, especially considering that you're writing another book. I mean, I don't know. I just picture that you like have to be secluded or isolated or um i don't know stagnant for a long time in order to go to book out Is it maybe- well i got a lot of stories left over but it's more just like i had to crawl out of the depression hole i was in like six months ago because like you can't write a book when you're just like out of it you have to your faculties have to be so in order and like it's so it's a lot of work it's easily the hardest thing i've ever done so I can't write a book when I'm like bummed out. So I'm tr- I'm kind of out of that hole now where like I'm exercising, I'm eating well, like I've lost some weight, the summer's coming. So now I can start chipping away at it. But like for anyone that's like trying to write a book is like you have to be in 100 percent space. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to clear your life and be and have it open. Now, let me be clear. I only write stoned. So my process is I take an edible and I go to Starbucks for like five hours and I just write it with sunglasses on indoors. <laughs> well, <it's been> the- <laughs> and let me tell you, no one approaches you with because they think you're going to like bite them or something. No one bothers you to be like, sir, are you OK? And you just see me in the corner. I'm not kidding. Sunglasses on stone out of my mind with a laptop. Indoors. Why do I like envision you with like J-Lo's 1997, like the see through glasses that were like the square shape, you know, and the purple. Oh, thing. Like that's for some reason, and you're in the corner and in the back. And oh, like this- I was picturing more of a iRobot feel. <laughs> <laughs> that also could work. Yes. <laughs> my friend came in one time and he knows to approach slowly because I'm high out of my mind. Like you can't approach me fast because I'll be like, Wah! so he knows he came up to me and he was like, hey, and I was just like, oh, hey, what's up? I'm sorry. Like, How long you been here? I'm like, oh, it's like seven hours. I'd written like 100 pages. Like. <laughs> The whole book was written stone, pretty much. I'm like, I'm not even kidding. And the last chapter was written on mushrooms. Fucking fantastic. How That's did right. you even manage that? I mean, I guess it's what it's the uh, creative juices flowing. Mm-hmm. So much so. I also like the last chapter is really emotional and I have a tr- problem like having any feelings or emotions. So I you really know. had to get high to like access <laughs> like my heart for you. They'll make yeah. the out real quick. Oh, yeah. I was like on the brink of, you know. So, but anyways, it's a beautiful book. Buy it on Amazon. <laughs> Five stars, please. <laughs> and in case people don't remember, it's called Famous Anus. So it's. Yeah, how could you forget? To... <laughs> yeah. Don't read that in public, though. I mean, my friend said he was reading on the subway and people were just staring at him. I was like, true. I didn't even think about that. Fuck off. Who cares? No, I mean, it's I would laugh, but he's like, I had to put another book in front of it. Excuse me. What do you have there, sir? Can I also clue what what's the name of this one? I like I would be so interested. And then that person obviously is hilarious. They're reading a fucking book called Famous Anus. Come on. I'm telling you, you got you guys got to buy a copy. And don't don't think I'm going to give you a free one, please. This is a business. (laughs) We have no expectations. (laughs) 
So we're at the point in the show where this is really the only structure that we have to this show. But we're at the point in the show where we do Atta Girls, which is basically giving ourselves like a pat on the back for something good that we've either done or has happened to us recently. Because like you, we generally end up spending some time uh, talking about our less proud moments. So we like to end on, um, you know, a positive note. Oh. Yeah. So. You can steal uh, it. Yeah. So we won't put you on the spot and make you do an attaboy first. We'll do ours and then come to you. <clears throat> So for me, my add a girl is that um, I basically, this is going to sound backwards, but so I basically had a freak out situation at work. <laughs> at work in your house? <laughs> no, on, uh, like on a Zoom call. Okay. At her virtual work, you know, like the virtual. My virtual, yes. Um, I had a I had a freak out because, um, well, you know, it was a meeting where it was Friday, it was five o'clock, and um, no one was making any sense. So I kind of stewed over the fact that I had this freak out because it was kind of unprofessional, you know. Um, and so I kind of stewed about it over the weekend, and then I talked to a couple of people after I let it settle, <laughs> and everyone said no thank you so much for saying something we were thinking the exact same thing and i was like oh so although i wasn't proud of exactly how it was conveyed i still used my voice and um it was not off-putting to people as much as i made it seem in my head so now i'm like okay all right i feel better I didn't have as much of a freak out, I guess, as I thought I did. And I know what to do next time prior to freak out mode. <laughs> Beautiful. Because I'm like, I, I like played back the situation in my head and I'm like, okay, I can see where this went awry. So next time. <laughs> next time you should just blow your brains out on Zoom. <laughs> that, that'll teach him a lesson. Right. Put, Put it to okay. a Okay. Bye. <laughs> This one's for you, Fauci. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so I was like, all right, I'm over it. I'm not dwelling on it. I identified like root cause of how it happened. So we're good. We're moving on. Everyone else was happy about it. I'm fine with it. There we go. Add a girl. Thank you. What are you? Thank Next. You. My add a girl. <sighs> well. It's going to be that she did her laundry or something. No, no, I did the opposite of you, actually. Um, I recognize when I don't need to speak and I shut the fuck up. <laughs> we were having a little bit of a meeting and the like tensions were rising here and there. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to permanently be my, I'm, I'm good. I don't need to contribute to this one anymore. And so I shut myself up. I didn't say anything. And then somebody actually came back and was like, Sarah, do you agree? And I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Who's even participating on these Zoom calls? It's the end of the world. I, how are people engaged? People who watch The Mask. I don't know. Mask Singer. Fucking, oh, I don't know. God. I don't know. People who think it's going to be productive to have a meeting at 4.45 on a Friday afternoon after we spent really? five of days doing nothing. And recently, I read an article about Zoom fatigue. The thing. So that's the thing, apparently, now. 
Well, I general know. pandemic fatigue is definitely like felt by everyone. But you're right. It, there's nothing real about it. I don't, it's very unnatural. You're not like picking up on. I mean, but no. honestly, who's ever really liked their colleagues? I mean, some people are getting an escape. You know, talk to Karen about her dumb life. Nobody cares, Karen. Nobody yeah. fucking cares. Oh, how was your weekend? I'm like, get away from me. That's what I've always yeah. wanted to say in workplaces. That's my favorite part, I think, actually, because I was one of those personalities that like captured all of those moments in the mm-hmm. office where it was like, Sarah, guess what I did this week? I'm like, yeah, what'd you do about What'd you do? And then they would tell me and I'd be like, dude, cool. All right. Dope. I got to get on this uh, call here. And then I'd turn around and they'd be like, Ugh. yeah, you check your calendar. I was like, oh, the fuck? What? So uh, I eliminated those things from my life. But now you get those people that want to type to you until like 730 at night. And you're like, I'm done, bro. I'm out. Goodbye. Oh, God. Goodbye. Yeah. Well, my boy would be I had a shower with my dog. Now, let me explain something. It's very cute. I have a, I have a rescue dog named Bruce. He's uh, he's half pit bull, but if the city of Toronto's listening, he's not because they're illegal here. <laughs> but he's sweet. And the other day, I, so the first time I went to give him a bath, I like had this hose beside my toilet, like you know, South America they always have those hoses for their assholes. So for some reason, my place came with one, like a bidet. So, yeah, but it's like a hose. It's not yeah. like the actual. Yeah. So I was like spraying a, him with that toilet from the like. No, like a, you're thinking of like a tushy thing. This is an actual hose that just comes out of the toilet and you're supposed to like just spray your butthole with it. And then you like oh, okay. it back to the wall. Yeah, so okay. I did that to him because like he needed a bath and but I didn't realize the water was cold and he's such a good dog. Like he wasn't even complaining. So I was like shooting cold water at him and he started shaking. So the second time I was like, I can't do that to him. So I took him in the shower. I brought like a little like big bowl and I was just going to like fill that up and then like, you know, put it over him to mm-hmm. like get the soap off. But then I thought about it after I soaped him up. I'm like, I wonder if he would just take a shower. Like, he's such a chill dog. I wonder what he would do. So I got in the shower with him and I was like, I, I put some water on him. I started soaping him up and then I looked down at him. Guys, he went under the rain shower like a human and just started rotating his body. Like, like imagine a human taking a shower. Like, he's just like a little here, a little here. He had a full blown shower and then just got out. And I looked at him. I'm like, oh my God. And I toweled him off like a human. So now you. <laughs> Now so next are- time I'm going to be like, hey, bud, I'm having a shower. You're about due. Come on in. <laughs> and just me and my dog will be showering. Imagine his little shower cap on. He's just like, oh, so cute. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so adorable to even think about, too, that you were it's like, so oh, 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 I'm making him cold. Oh, no. Look at the shower. I'm going to film it next time because it is hilarious. Like he's like he showers like a human. Like he really yeah, likes I, it. I feel like you need to. And you have like one of those big stand up showers then, right? So like he can. Yeah, it's like a like a rain shower. Like it's a pretty mm-hmm. big rain uh, shower heads. But like he just got out, like looked at me, like yeah, that was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like I was just like wow. Like fucking finally, thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, and he's a rescue, so I mean, who knows if he was even bathed regularly prior to you getting him? But he was just the whole time sitting there waiting for you to be like recognizing the lap of luxury that he was supposed to be in this whole time that's right oh. yeah no he, he lives a great life please he stole my 300 blanket it's like his now <laughs> he was in a shelter for god's sakes honestly but they're the most intelligent and sweetest and kindest and most loving animals you'll ever find i know so am i <laughs> Okay, I got to pee really badly. I've been holding no, I was gonna, it. Note, how can people find you? To really Before I pee myself, are. they can find me at, at <laughs> jpowercomedy on Twitter and Instagram. My podcast is unmentionable. It's every Friday on all players, and you can see it on YouTube. My book is Famous Anus. Get stoned.
and read it and it would be the yeah. best time of your life i'm telling you thank you so much for being on we really appreciate it if everybody liked what they heard today please rate review subscribe follow us on instagram at homance underscore chronicles and now you can go pee homance <laughs> up